You're listening to the Going Offsides podcast. Your home for lacrosse news, stories, and everything in between. All right, Ryan, we're back here again. It's another busy week. We've got the PLL playoffs starting off finally. It feels like forever ago that uh, the PLL finally came back. And on top of that, we do have another gap coming up. What is it between the semifinals and the finals? Another yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they, they got more buys than anybody, man. The NFL guys would go nuts if they if they had that stuff. Like it's insane. Yeah. NFL's it's adding insane. games and taking away preseason games. Yeah, PLL is getting bye weeks left and right. So PLL is going to play nine games over a fifty-two week year. Like it's insane. All right. Well, listen, we're excited for that, but we do have some pretty big news that happened over the past week. So first of all, Denison with a you know we we've kind of been chatting about this off pod and it's been on social media when are we going to get a high profile program to hire a women's coach and it happened Denison with one of their they have two full-time spots to my understanding for assistant coaches and they used one to hire Maya Bartlett so Go ahead, Ryan. What are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, listen, I think it's um, I think it's a great thing. It's a great thing for the sport. It's a great thing uh, just in general. Um, I mean, you've seen it with what's going on in basketball with the San Antonio Spurs and, and you're kind of seeing I, I think it's great that there are and you're starting to see it more. There are a lot of progressive people in our game and they're starting to think outside the box. And, you know, regardless of gender, um, race, like, you know, good people should be getting good jobs. And I think this is, this is a great thing. Um, she comes from a tremendous coaching tree. Her father was, uh, was the Legend. head coach at, yeah, at VMI for so many years. Um, she's been around lacrosse. She spent time overseas helping develop, um, in Europe. Um, and, and I really think, um, you know, from a skill development standpoint, you know, her background as a women's player and a women's coach, um, and then transitioning into the men's game, um, is going to really benefit those guys at Denison. I, I, I think um, you're going to see tremendous growth with, with that program. Coach Koch has done a really good job. And I, I think you're going to see that, um, you know, Denison is going to continue to, you know, make that ascent in the game. I mean, hats off to Coach Koch because yep. somebody had to be the one to do it. Yep. And he wasn't afraid to do it. And, yeah. and that's what it comes down to. And now the door has been kicked wide open. And Denison is no small time gig. I mean, this is a premier D3 gig. It's a career job. It's a yeah. career job. And yeah. if you're not doing what you're supposed to do and you're not having the success that they expect, um, you might be let go. So, yeah. um, you know, this isn't something that, you know, you can do on easily. Um, you know, uh, there's probably a ton, I mean, there is a ton of qualified candidates and, um, I, I think that it just goes to show you, you know, the level of commitment that the program has in her, she has in the program. And, and, and I think it's, I hope, hope it's starting a trend and I'd like to see, you yeah. know, we've talked about men's coaches transitioning over into the women's game. Well, it's nice to see that come back, mm -hmm. um, over here. Absolutely. And it'll be interesting now to see where this goes because, Many people have gone from that second assistant spot at Denison into D3 head coaching jobs. So not saying that that is, you know, that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody, not saying that she'll be the first, you know, D2, D3 women's female head coach of a men's program. However, like that is a path that she has now been put on if that's what she wants. Also, we were just waiting now for that first school to hire a full-time female coach to coach a men's program as a head coach. So 
you know, that'll be, that's the next step, I guess, in this, in this path that we're, we're going towards. So hats off to everybody down at Denison and, uh, you know, other breaking news. So unfortunately, you know, that happened yesterday, Ryan. Yep. Yep. So we're, we're recording this on Friday. So Thursday, we got word that absolute legend, great guy can, can tell story after story about this guy, but Jack Cayley passed away, unfortunately. Uh, coach Cayley, um, the longtime um, New York Tech head coach, um, East Meadow head coach, um, really a staple in Long Island lacrosse. Um, you know, I, I fortunately had the opportunity to play in some of those Adelphi New York Tech games. Um, you know, I could go on and on at just how, how much we had to prepare for a Jack Cayley led team. You knew that you were going to get guys that were physically fit. Um, you know, Becker you zone, that, you you're going to get 10 man. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a sad day. Um, you know, I feel for all of those New York tech alums. I feel for guys like Tom Zumo, um, Joe Gabriziak, you know, those guys that, um, you knew that coach Kaylee had such a positive impact on their lives. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, I know he's probably making some guys up in heaven run four corners right now. Um, <laughs> Uh, swarm but, ground balls and but great mustache um one of the all-time greats of the game one of the greats um when it came to international lacrosse mm -hmm. big um, on germany lacrosse yeah just two quick stories about him one i think i'll always remember him because he always used to roam the fields and anybody that says he did it i don't care he used to roam the fields at caniac park for caniac summer league which was like the biggest thing on Long Island, and he and we always used to make the joke that he had scholarship papers in his back pocket because he would just pick guys off teams and be like, "Hey, why don't you come over to New York Tech?" And that's what he used to do, um, you know. And then a great story that I had: there was a big rivalry, um, you know, in the early two thousands between New York Tech and Adelphi. Um, Adelphi had just kind of finished their run of national championships, and Tech was. Um, just starting theirs, um, you know, with uh, the group Bazumo and, and Boyle and all those guys. Well, we're playing at Adelphi and it's my freshman year. And we had a, we had an, a lacrosse only entrance that went out of our locker room, up the back steps and out to the field. Coach Kaylee knew this. And, you know, the visiting team was upstairs and they would just go out the front entrance and go to the field. Well, there was no love loss between Coach Kaylee and Coach Capitos at the time. So Coach Kaylee brought the Bears, the New York Tech Bears, down the stairs into the basement um, at Woodruff Hall and walked them out our walked them out our entrance. And uh, I, there was almost a fist fight in the in the little entryway um, between Coach Kaylee and Coach Cap. It was I'll remember it for the rest of my life. Um, it was pretty wild, um, but you know the, the the lacrosse world lost a good one, and and my condolences to his family, the the New York Tech family, the Long Island lacrosse community. Um, you know, it's a sad day, but um, you know he made a tremendous impact on a lot of people's lives. Yeah, and I never personally met him, but I've I've heard of him my entire lacrosse career, and and Kenny Brochart, who played for him at you know New York Tech, who's now at High Point, he. He used to tell me stories about and do impressions of Kaylee all the time in the, in the office at Michigan. And you could just tell what an impact he had on everybody that he was around. So, you know, let, let, let's move on to some lighter news. So obviously recently big baseball game was played and uh, we've brought in uh, Tucker LaBelle, who happens to be, you know, one of our contributors here at LAS, but also the social media 
and maybe something else coordinator at the Field of Dreams movie site. So, Tucker, why don't you say a quick hello, and then let's talk about how uh, how the heck we got an MLB game to actually show up to uh, the Field of Dreams. And did you get to meet Kevin Costner? <laughs> yeah, what's up, gentlemen? <clears throat> um, it is, uh, it's crazy now to look back days since knowing it's happened um, from three years it's been three years now in the works on this game. Uh, joining the company my freshman year, I think the first couple of weeks, um, the conversation of this, you know, began, non-disclosure agreement began, all the fun stuff. And so to see it come into fruition is, uh, is something incredible. Uh, I actually did not meet Kevin Costner wow. yet. Um, I, have, uh, I have some plans up my sleeve that I think will, uh, will guide me to Kevin Costner. All right. I, I can go. respect that. Did you, you get to, to do uh, those? Did you get to meet anybody uh, big time during during the uh, the week of the event? Gosh, no. So they, they had they had all the big people locked down. Uh, I will tell you that Dwyer Brown who plays uh, the father in the movie um, in that final scene there. Dwyer's actually also a, a fellow Ohioan. Um, and he's he's become a very good friend over the last three years. Uh, so Dwyer's kind of my He's become my vehicle to anyone I want to meet. Dwyer will, uh, he'll hook it up and he's a, it's the funniest thing all the time because he's the father from Field of Dreams, which that's, that's right. really made his career. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's have awesome. A catch for Kevin Costner. Now, yeah. Right. Have a catch. Handsome uh, guy too. Handsome guy. Back then at least. I don't yeah, know if he, he is anymore. You could probably speak to that Tucker. Hey, neither of them, neither, hey, Kevin and Dwyer, neither of them aged very much. It seems like, you know, it's, it's you got a, that. a strange that, thing. 32 that, years later. <laughs> that field of dreams money and that TRT therapy just keeps right. people young. That's right. That's right. Keep feeding them, yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right, Tucker. So what is it like being, obviously, you're a lacrosse fanatic, but, you know, are you ever a little bit bitter at the fact that you kind of make your bread at uh, being a baseball guy? You know, I, have, uh, I had this conversation with a guy uh, the other day from Colorado when I was actually out at the field. Uh, I, I commonly get asked when I'm wearing a Dodgers hat, especially, I get asked, hey, you know, are you a baseball player? I said, you know, I played baseball a little bit growing up, and, and I have baseball lineage in my family, but by no means I'm now a current lacrosse player. And then I tie in, hey, I go to school in Iowa, I play lacrosse here, the IBLA, I I end up educating anybody that asks me about baseball, about lacrosse, um, which is the, the funniest thing of all time. I end up running into more lacrosse players than not because of that. Um, it is, it's very strange for me. Uh, most of my life, you know, from sophomore year of high school on, freshman year of high school on, uh, in my life is so, so lacrosse-centered. You know, really everything I do about my life is lacrosse. But then the content and media side of my life and, and what I do for you know my, my job right now is is so baseball centered. Um, and so it's like I, I put two different hats on. I step into two different worlds. Uh, and that's really what I've, what I've learned is I almost have to separate the two. Um, but then the more I realize, you know, baseball, at what baseball is in the field of dreams, it, it is uh, it's something that reminds people of their youth. And, you know, none of these people are really competitive baseball players now. I find more than anything other athletes that can tie back to their own childhood and feel the dreams. Um, but it's, uh, it is, it is strange. You know, I, uh, my, my father covered many world series as a journalist. Uh, my great grandfather was offered a contract with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, so I have a, I have a lot of baseball in my family. 
Um, and then I threw a, I threw a curveball per se and, and picked up the lacrosse stick. Yeah, I mean, listen, growing up in Ohio, traveling the world a bit, because I'm familiar with your background, but who who didn't play baseball? Even like I think every lacrosse player, especially I mean, it's I guess it's becoming less common as lacrosse gets picked up at an earlier and earlier age, but I played baseball and lacrosse in the same season a couple of times in high school. So it's it's not uncommon for many of us baseball guys to turn into lacrosse guys. So I still have a deep appreciation for the game. Boring as hell to watch it on TV, but still I do have an appreciation for playing it. So that'll never go away. But let's talk about that for a second. So you you grow up in Ohio. Like I said, you traveled uh, the world a little bit. But how do you end up in Iowa? Like what was the draw to cornfields and just barren wasteland? Yeah, flat. no, it's a flat, very flat, very flat. And I, I'm, I'm lucky I'm in the Wisconsin corner of the state because we at least have hills a little bit, you know, and some cliffs and, and some water and such. But it's uh, no, I never, I never, never, never thought I would end up in Iowa. Uh, this is the this is the last place I thought I would end up, but it's turned into the land of opportunity, I guess you could say. Um, so, you know, sophomore year, high school, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm starting my you know, recruiting journey and everything. We, co- we cross paths. In, yeah, yeah. In You're like, I'm, I'm going on visits as a sophomore because I'm going to Italy for junior and senior year or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's do they, right. Do they have so, gluten-free pizzas out in uh, in Iowa? Because I remember your overnight. <laughs> I had to order an extra pizza for this guy. That is that is correct. They, they do. They do. Strangely enough, they do. But I will tell you right now, Pizza across the board here is is uh, it's not very good because they think that pizza from the gas station is the best thing that has ever existed. That is uh, such a I mean Michigan somebody, and Ohio. Some, somebody told me that the other day. They said the best gas station in Angola, uh, the best pizza in Angola, Indiana, is at a gas station. And I said you're crazy. So, so Ryan works in Indiana but lives in Ohio. I work in I live in Michigan, and, and he so works we, in Michigan. We we are Midwest people, but that is the most Midwest thing I've ever heard. That wouldn't it's fly around here. That that gas stations are where you go to get food. Now, granted, in in a state like Iowa, you have a lot of big trucker gas stations, so oh, yeah. the the food's a little different at those places. But I can't. I mean, I can't imagine eating pizza from a just a gas station. I do. Hey, I- Speedway, Newman's. Speedway, Newman's, Newman's, the big fish in Defiance, Ohio. Pizza's <laughs> not bad. Shout out, shout oh, out, man. I don't Newman's. know. Who tries these things anyway? So, all right. So, so Iowa, keep going. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, Iowa, you know, shout out Casey's Pizza. Um, that's the, the go-to around here, says the Iowans. Um, but no, so, you know, my, my recruiting journey takes me a little bit everywhere. Um, I end up verbally committing to Davis and Elkins College in, in West Virginia. Uh, move out to Italy for, you know, like eight months or something like that. Um, and I ended up playing lacrosse out there that whole time and, and really meeting a lot of lifetime friends. Um, and in that, in that journey of, of reawakening, I guess you could say, uh, you know, stepping away from the U.S., stepping away from my college or my high school life and being able to be a little bit more self-reflective and, and realize it's a bigger world out there. Um, I started to realize that I didn't really think Davis and Elkins was where I wanted to be, didn't really want to be in, in West Virginia per se. Um, the coach I really the coach I really liked um, ended up leaving in that time in Italy. I come back, I decide, you know, I'm going to decommit from my original verbal commitment, open the search back up. I get a text one day from a gentleman named Ben Morhack, 
And mm-hmm. uh, ben, ben texts me out of the blue and he says, hey, can I give you a call from Clark University? I had never heard of Clark University. I had never heard of, of Dubuque, which what I thought was Dubuque, Iowa at the time. And uh, he, lo and behold, he calls me. He goes, hey, man, uh, my mom is your parents' banker. I said, what? He said, yeah, uh, I'm, from, I'm from Kent. He's from the exact same town as me, went to one high school over, grew up streets away. And he's like, hey, let me get you out here on a visit. You know, being from the same town, I said, whatever, sure, let's do it. Uh, flew out to Iowa with a buddy of mine at the time, came out here, went to the university for, you know, a four-day visit or so, and immediately was sold. Uh, it's just, I, I, I've fallen in love with the people of Iowa more than anything else, um, but it's, it was an unintentional thing. It never could have been planned. Um, one of those weird spinoff recruiting journeys, really. Very cool. Very cool. I hear it all the time. Nobody, you know, now we know no one goes to Iowa on a purpose. It has to be like an accident. That's right. That's what I've learned. <laughs> there you go. I mean, you Let's had not to hate on the state of Iowa. We I mean, you had to make a wrong turn. Listen, on a normal day, you have to make a wrong turn to get to Iowa. So yeah, that's, that's exactly right. That's, I mean, most people here I've met are, are transplants from other states for almost, almost all of life. Can't, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, all right, moving on. So Iowa lacrosse scene, it's growing. Uh, you know, let's not oversell it. You know, you, you're making, you're, you're doing your own effort. You're making a, a good, you're making a large effort to make a small dent in the Iowa lacrosse scene. So let's, let's talk about how you're involved in Iowa. Obviously you play for an NAIA's program at Clark. You are working with the IBLA or you are in the IBLA with the dogfish how what was the passion and what was the push to get the dogfish off the ground <laughs> and the mascot where did that come from yeah i'm interested in the mascot where did that come from yeah absolutely so no the, the dogfish is the strangest story of all time um, i will openly tell you right now the mascot when we decided to use the mascot name had no meaning at all it was just kind of hey let's go with it uh but the, the whole idea for the dogfish blossomed between uh my buddy, Louis Dini, who's from Minnesota, grew up playing box across. Um, now actually the, the women's head coach here at Clark. He, uh, he's a great guy. And we we're watching the PLL one game, you know, in the summer. And I look at him and I'm like, why doesn't Iowa have box across? And he goes, I don't know. And we go, hey, let's start a team. Um, and the next day, both of us being pretty driven on this, decided we we're going to do it get in touch with the IBLA, start the groundwork. Um, we just, we felt like Iowa was a box across state. It's a very hockey loving state. It's a very football loving state for lack of better terms. It's a very beer drinking state. And those all things, all of those are, you know, good recipes for a box across state essentially. And so we went with it, um, brought in our buddy Dave at the time, who uh, is a big graphic design guy said, Dave, you know, what do you think of a, a mascot ideas? He said, let me draw something up. And the first thing he drew up was Goofy. I don't know what it was. Then we said, hey, what about a dogfish? And he goes, what's dogfish? And we said, oh, it's some big, ugly fish in the Mississippi. And uh, we said, perfect. You know, the more, the more minor league baseball type naming we can get, the better. I mean, the Goofy, yeah. the better. Because, yeah. you know, of the IBLA, very few teams are serious. Um, the Northmen in Maine is probably the most serious name of the ones I've met. Um, you know, obviously Grizzlies, like there's few and far between. Most of them are kind of minor league baseball teams. Very cool. I've never heard of a dogfish until I heard of the box team. So it's like a big ugly carp. It's like a big yeah. ugly carp. Dogfish yeah. head. They have the, that's a beer company. Really? Dog, okay. it's dogfish head. 
So you need to get sponsorship going ASAP. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say that. The know, official post game drink. That are you the official desist letter? Yeah, the official in game yeah, drink. Say, probably not though. <laughs> I think they'll be yeah, okay. Yeah. If it hasn't well, happened know, it, yet. <laughs> I think I think the most I think the most curious thing about the the dog fishing in the IBLA in Iowa is that uh, we've unintentionally connected like four different NAI schools in the Midwest player wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, we have guys driving down from St. Louis to play for us. We have guys coming from Chicago to play for us. Uh, it's it, by no means are any of the guys actually from Iowa per se. Um, but w- what it's done is, is dotted this, you know, stranger Midwestern landscape, you know, moving over from Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, mm-hmm. moving this way to the, the you know, the, the corn Midwest, I guess you could say. That's really uh, it's, cool. It's, it's, it's the next frontier, uh, man. It's the next frontier. I mean, we've got it, the coasts. We've got all three coasts. And now we're moving inward. We uh, yeah. we got to go inward and get get to the Great Plains, I guess. Sure feels like it. Sure yeah. Like we even got some teams in Montana. We got to get them to come come down, and we got to swallow up some of the barren wasteland that is the, the Great Midwest. I, I think these Midwestern – I think these Midwestern states and, you know, these states like Iowa with 3 million people – um, I, I think lacrosse can really thrive here because uh, with the small population, they, they really get behind whatever they're sold on. Mm. Um, and, and so I, I can really see lacrosse being that and the, and the education of lacrosse in the state um, and in, in Kansas as well, I've noticed has gone up recently a lot. It'll, it'll happen. It'll, it'll definitely happen with time, man. It just takes a few people moving out and, and pushing and people buy into it. It's hard not to once, you know, I've heard so many parents say the whole baseball thing, like, the difference between watching a baseball game and going to a lacrosse game, they, they much prefer watching yeah, lacrosse because for, there's for a definitive hours. end. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. There is a time clock on it. So, but all right, Tucker, really appreciate your time today talking about all, all that stuff. Um, if you're interested in reading anything about gear, Tucker's travels, anything like that, Iowa lacrosse in general, head over to lacrosse all-stars where he writes pretty much every week now. And uh, does a fantastic job. Yeah. The equipment stuff does really well. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, that that's going to be it for, for us this week. I mean, we got the, we got the PLL quarterfinals this weekend. You know, we're not going to get too deep into that. I mean, all we know is that Ryan won the pick them and that's, I'm sure he's thrilled about that. Somebody needs to get me a t-shirt. I want a t-shirt. I want something. Can we get a trophy? Can we get something? I want to pick up. I want to pick them. The only way to win pick them is to not lose pick them because there's only a penalty for last place. There isn't a reward for first place. Yeah, well, guess what? We need. I, I would like a trophy. I would like something. You put $0 into this competition and you want a trophy. <laughs> yeah, I want a trophy. Buy, you should buy yourself a trophy, honestly. That'd be, no, I'm not that'd be a it. weird power move. I should get, like, let's get the lacrosse all-stars. Let's get a trophy. We'll do whatever, like put it on, like whatever. It's fine. That's, I, you know, I'll just take the pride. It's cool. We'll get you a championship belt. I'll take it. Yeah. It'll go good in that wall right behind you. You know, I'll just take a, tell them to give me one of the grow the game shirts that are, that are, that are lying around somebody. I'll, I'll just take it. You can just scribble on, uh, pick them 20, 21 champion. I'm maybe, cool with maybe, that. maybe. All right. Well, let's quickly go through the, the quarterfinal matchup. So tonight we've got uh, Friday, August 20th, 830 PM on NBCSN. We, this is a big weekend for, for media yeah. coverage. So we've got the number three seated archers against the number six chaos. Ryan, what are you thinking? Um, pick them champion. What are you thinking? Pick them champion. Um, 
you know, I mean, I just, uh, if you just take a look at it, it looks like uh, you just, I, I, this is like a kiss of death for somebody because I'm just, I'm going to pick the archers, but then I'm going to turn around and say like, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, they go on the Andy Towers playoff run. Listen, all, all the teams are good now. So like, it really is yeah. like flipping a coin because it's, yeah, it's just, it's really just one is. night. Um, but I think Adam Gittleman is just so solid in the goal. Um, you know, I think they, I think they, their offense is, is so important is doing so well. Um, they just have so many things that you have to defend. And I, I just think that's going to be really hard for a team like the chaos to do because, um, you know, they, they are a chaotic team, you know, if it's a chaotic game and they're, they're junking it up everywhere, that'll favor the chaos. But if yeah. it's, if it's a game where, you know, offense is getting clean possessions and they're getting clean transition, the you know the archers are going to be the guys yeah the 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 more mucked up this game gets the grittier it gets that's in favor of the chaos i think that yeah. they not because they're grittier they just thrive in playing in that environment like they yeah. prefer it that way i do give i think they're pretty even across the board but i do give the slight advantage to the archers defense yeah i think the 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 close defenseman that they have along you know graham hasek along with the d mids that they have like latrell harris is a game changer uh, i just think you know i'm leaning towards the archers but like i said if if the chaos can make things super weird super early that's what coach towers wants and that's what benefits them the best game two saturday 2 30 on nbc so this is huge we're on nbc now tucker atlas cannons who you got Ooh. I'm going cannons. I'm going cannons. I, I, I started out as an Atlas fan, but I think the cannons are on a, on a roll now and nothing's going to stop them. Yeah, I have a really hard time trusting the cannons just because, you know, when Lyle is on, that's completely different. But I think this is a game where unless they double pull the faceoffs, unless Coach Quirk double pulls the faceoffs, I think that the Atlas could take Baptiste and ride him to a victory because – you know, he knows what he's doing. This is not the Chrome where we just win clamps and then just hope for the best. Like this is a guy that wins the clamp and, and gets the ball out, can score a goal. And once they get rolling, I do think that that Atlas attack is too much for the cannons defense personally. Brian, I know you've picked cannons every single time. You going to stick with it. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to roll. All with right. It. Good, good. And then the final matchup Saturday night, evening, 6 p.m. NBCSN, we've got the Redwoods versus the Whips and what I think will be the game of the week because obviously it's a 4-5 seat, but also, you know, Whip Snakes are getting healthier and healthier. Is TD Allen playing? I don't think so. If he's but don't not, quote me on that. If but he's so not, like, if he's not, Whips roll. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Whips and also Perkovic's out from what I understand. Ooh. Mm. So those two things to me, kind of tilt the things back in the whip snakes favor. Tucker? Hey, Kyle Burnlore, Akron, Ohio boy. Got to trust in that guy all the time. Whips all the way. Perfect, perfect. All right, folks, we'll make sure you watch those games. Get those TV numbers up for, for the league and for the lacrosse community, and uh, we'll catch you next week. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe, give us a review, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Going Offsides.